0: You're listening to the Rapid Realization Podcast, where we discuss the mind, body, and everything on healing from within, for you to get inspired to finding your own inner wisdom, to be more self-actualized, and become aware of your highest potential. And I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Belkansky, a certified clinical hypnotherapist and mind coach at Rapid Realization, and I welcome you. So let's begin. Today's talk, we're going to talk about self-esteem and really what determines it and how to raise your self-esteem. I'm going to give you five actionable steps at the end of this podcast, so stick with me to listen. So self-esteem, let's define it a bit. It's really the value that we unconsciously have about ourselves. And I say unconsciously because self-esteem is really the story that we tell ourselves that others may have told us and the value that we are able to give out there and it is the level of importance that we feel about ourselves and it could be in certain situations but i'm referring to the self-esteem that is more characteristic of who we are because we can have very high situational self-esteem so for example let's say you're going to maybe speak in public and you're very uh, confident with yourself speaking in public but When it comes to maybe being in a relationship or um, around friends, you're very unsure of yourself and maybe have low self-esteem. So it really depends on the event in which you have high self-esteem. Maybe because you're giving a lecture on a topic that you're very confident about, um, you're able to present it very well and therefore show as if you have high self-esteem. And so that is called situational self-esteem. But again, what I'm referring to is characteristic self-esteem. And that is something that is more ingrained in who we are. So the characteristic self-esteem, let's go a little bit deeper on how it's developed. So it's developed by those authority figures in your life that have told you something that you then repeat about to yourself. And let me give you an example of how this would work. So let's say that you were a manager and you ran um, a company or you were managing maybe about 10 people. Let's just theoretically say you were managing tel- 10 people. And so if one of your employ- employees, um, one of those 10 people came to you and said, you're a bad manager, you probably want to take it so so much to heart or, or make it... Such a, a big importance because that person is not managing, so they really wouldn't know. And maybe they're just saying out of spite, so you'll probably let it pass you by. However, they are not a, an authority for you. So, if your boss, though, came to you and who manages you, um, or the CEO of the company came to you and said, Hey, you're a bad manager, you will probably likely take in that information as being true. Because that person is seen as an authority to you. And so that would make you maybe feel to yourself that you're a bad manager. And you may repeat to yourself that, that you're a bad manager. And that will lower your self-esteem in regards to being a manager. So this example is very much the same for when you're a child. When we are a child, um, those authority figures that are in our life, like our parents, but also teachers, Doctors, priests, social workers like they're, it doesn't matter who it is, as long as they're considered an authority in your life as you are a child, they have the ability to influence your self esteem and what it is that you feel is important about you or value the value you present on yourself. Because what they have told you as a child are the things that you may be repeating to yourself currently. And usually it's developed, um, they say, between the age of three and four is a very high time of us being like, oh, like sponges and taking in information that people have told us. And so a lot of our self-esteem is developed from that very tender age of three and four. And so who you are right now may be represented from the things that you are told when you were a kid. And so we can recognize if we have lowest self esteem by maybe hearing certain verbiage that we tell ourselves, and so this kind of goes into uh one of the five steps on uh, raising your self esteem because you 'll know if you hear yourself and i 'm not talking about um you know hearing from others, but hearing what words you are telling yourself in that mind in that conscious mind, that thinking mind that is. It, that voice that's always talking to you, blah, 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 thinking about the future, thinking about the fast, that voice that is constantly talking to you. So if it is telling you things like, ah, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're not capable, you're stupid, you're not important, you're not valuable, you're not likable, um, you're a bad person, you're useless, you're worthless, not good enough, ugly, like whatever it is, those negative words are really tarnishing at our self-worth. And basically saying that we are not of value. And so when we can catch ourselves saying those things to ourselves, then we can first recognize them so that we can just stop it. (laughs) Now I'll give you a little bit more, so just bear with me. Now, these things don't pop out of nowhere. I mean, these thoughts or words or things that we tell ourselves, again, they do come from some place. Uh, they come from authority figures who define our self-esteem or who we are. They come from authority figures and what we are open to allow to bring in. So anything in our, in our adult life can also help improve or lower our self-esteem as well, given my example of uh, the manager, for example. And I want to give you another way of how this works. So I want you to think of a movie. Think of a movie right now. Think of it. What was that movie? So, let's say for me, that movie was Little Mermaid. Now, the only reason why I brought up Little Mermaid is because I've seen or I've heard of it already. Like, yes, I've seen Little Mermaid a number of times. (laughs) I am a girl, so I've seen this movie a number of times. Um, And... Because I've seen it or I've experienced it, it was able to be recalled. How can I recall something that I did not know of? So I'm not going to think of a movie that I've never recalled before. Like it's, it's not even top of mind. I'm not even able to bring it to the forefront just because I've never even heard or seen a movie that I don't know of. So therefore it could not be present in who I am. So the same thing happens for self-esteem. The the words that we tell ourselves are the words that were created from someone else or that we interpreted from someone else. So it's not that that is who we are, but it is what we were told at one point. And so we can learn how to reprogram ourselves to have more positive self-esteem, more positive self-worth, more confidence in who we are by first recognizing those words or recognizing that those things came from somewhere. The event may be important for us to reprogram how we see the event or how we see the relationship that created that negative identity that we may have of ourselves. So now let's move forward and I want to go ahead and tell you the five main things that you can do now in order for you to move and improve or raise your self-esteem. So number one is again, watching your words. Catch yourself repeating the things that do not serve yourself. Again, this could be a very unconscious thing at first. So as you begin to catch your words and bringing awareness to yourself and the words that you're telling yourself, you can then observe them. You can observe them and that brings it to consciousness. It brings the awareness of that which you are telling you to the forefront so that you can then choose what to do next with it. As you begin to watch your words, you can even write down those words or those statements that are very negative upon yourself. So then you can actually shift them. You can maybe see that you're telling yourself that you're not capable or not worthy. And then literally write them down the opposite of what that is. Make it more neutral or more positive. So instead of I am not worthy or not capable, it is I am very worthy. I am extremely capable or I am Enough, more than enough, I am able to do anything I set my mind to. So you start to change the verbiage that you tell yourself by first watching the words and observing the words that you say. So that's number one. Number two is to challenge and celebrate. And you challenge with action. And it could be any action, even listening to this podcast is An action that you can celebrate. You can celebrate that you are taking the time out to learn about yourself. To enhance your your self-worth. And also to uh, learn more about yourself. Have self-discovery. That is something that you can celebrate and be um, grateful for. And so as you begin to celebrate little actionable steps that you take. No matter how big or small they are that will begin to condition you to take more of those steps so that you do take action and celebrate them because it's like a little reward, a pat on your back saying, hey, you go, there you go, awesome, you did a good thing. Keep on moving forward. And also it shows you that you are capable of doing things, that you are capable of achieving all great things, and it all starts with small steps. Each little step that you take forward can lead to great things, just like each drop in the ocean leads to the ocean. So beginning to take those challenges that you can recognize that, oh, it was maybe difficult for you to search out a podcast and to listen to the whole thing, or maybe just to research and, uh, or read a book. But once you finish that whole book, then you are feeling good about yourself. You feel accomplished. So go ahead and celebrate that achievement that you did. That is number two. So again, challenge and celebrate. Number three is practice makes perfect. And now when it comes to the word perfect, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that word. And that's because for me, perfection is not really definable. The word perfect means that something is reproduc- reproducible. So if it is perfect, that means that we have identified the perfect creation of that. For example, let's say I'm holding a pen. And then I can say, this is the perfect pen. But if it's perfect, that means I'm able to reproduce that pen. I'm able to duplicate it because it is defined as perfect. Maybe the thing about my pen, though, is that it's perfect for me. And it's not perfect for someone else. So someone else's hand may hold the pen. And it may feel a bit wonky for their hands just because they have different hands than I have. So that pen is not perfect for them, but is perfect for me. So I like to say uniquely perfect. Because no two things are able to be reproduced and be perfect for everybody. (laughs) So the same thing goes for like two twins. I don't know if you've met two twins before or twins, but I've lived with a couple and I can tell you that their personalities were extremely different. Even though they had perfectly, supposedly perfectly identical genetics, their personalities were very different because they had different perspectives. They experienced things very differently because they both could not see from the same eyes, stand in the same position, see the same things from the same angle. So therefore, they were perfectly unique and had different personalities. And so when I talk about the word perfect, I'm referring to being uniquely perfect. So practice makes unique perfection for you. So if you continue to practice something and, and, and do it over and over and over, it will become comfortable for you. Because when we first do something that is different for us, it feels very uncomfortable. So for example, let's say you speak on stage. The first time you did it or have done, um, you feel very awkward, nervous, and unsettled. But as you practice that more and more and more, you feel more comfortable with it. So, when it comes to feeling self-confident, feeling confident in yourself, or having high self-esteem, the more you practice it, the more it will become easier for you. They did a research, actually. I believe this is called the Superwoman Pose. Um, But it basically was... Power pose, that's what it was. It was called power pose. And um, there was research showing about women that basically would stand like superwoman and they would pose. And they found that those women that did that, that pose in that superwoman position, had higher self esteem. Hmm, pretty interesting, huh? That just standing in a specific position or practicing that power pose caused them to have higher self esteem. Because every time they practice it, it was making it more perfect for them. Really, that's another way of saying you fake it until you make it. <laughs> and you do. You just fake it until you make it. Because the more that you fake it, supposedly, is the more that you become that. That's why pe- there are people out there that maybe will lie so much that they actually believe their lies. And they're so good at lying just because they tell themselves it over and over and over again that it becomes part of who they are in their belief system. So I'm not telling you, of course, to lie to yourself, but I'm telling you to practice what is very natural within you because the things that are not true to you are the beliefs, your limiting beliefs that you have been told that you now tell yourself. Those are not true. If they are making you feel ill or unwell or unhappy about yourself, then they are not your truth. So I'm not telling you to be fake about who you are, but I'm telling you to embrace your truth, which is that you are very worthy, very capable, and it is your right to have high self-worth because you are meant for something if you are here. (laughs) I can guarantee you that. Your mere existence is value, is valuable. So you practice makes unique perfection for you and you just continue to fake it till you make it because really you're not faking it. But it is the uncomfortableness that you need to learn how to get comfortable with. So that's tip number three. And the next one is tip number four. And this one is pretty simple, but it requires a pen and paper for sure. And it's for you to track your accomplishments. Tracking your accomplishments. So this was interesting. When I wrote, uh, I wrote a memoir, and when I first wrote it, I um at first I was like who would want to read this and I was like you know I have nothing of value to give and then I just wrote the book just because I just love to write so I just continued to write and write and write and there came a time that I you know took a break from and I went back and I reread it and I was like holy cow wow I've been through stuff And it was almost like I gave myself the biggest pat on the back. Like, way to go, girl. Holy crap. I can't believe you've gotten through all that and you're here right now. So that book was just simply me tracking my accomplishments. No matter how big or small, you are here right now because of what you have done, what you have achieved. So go ahead and honor that. No matter how big or small they are, it could be as simple as you moving to a different place. Moving on your own, getting a specific job, going to school, pursuing a relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. Everything, those little steps forward, learning to stand up even after you fall, retaking a test. It doesn't matter what you may have seen that as a failure, it is an accomplishment if you learn something from it. So go ahead and track all those accomplishments, everything you have learned and grown from, and keep that list keep that list so you can reflect back to it to be able to recognize, to give yourself that pat on the back, to show how much you have contributed already so that you can see that you are very worthy and capable and valuable, which will raise your self-esteem. So that's tip number four, track your accomplishments. And the last one is really easy. But it can't be hard, right? And this is to be kind. Be kind to yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Man, we are our hardest critic. Like, well, it's crazy. I mean, when I work with clients, the hardest thing for them to do is to learn to forgive and be kind to themselves. It's so easy for us to forgive and be kind to others. But when it comes to ourselves, we are so hard on ourselves. So number, number five is the most important one, which is be kind to yourself. Don't be so hard. Give it a break. Because you are human doing the best you can do. And so is everybody else, really. They haven't been given resources or maybe they've been given me more resources. Who knows? But the thing is, you have been doing the best that you can do with your given resources so go ahead and be kind with that and don't expect more than you could expect if you can't do it so how could you come up with a different movie for example if you never even heard of that movie or seen it it just is not possible so the same thing goes for being kind to yourself how can you expect yourself to do something different or better if nobody showed you better or different (laughs) So if you were expected to start a new job and, and to be almost like an executive or, or a leader or like you've been there for years on your first day, how can you do that when you've never done the job in the first place? It takes time to learn, to practice. And so be kind with yourself each step of the way, knowing that you are learning every day and doing the best you can with the resources that you've been given Each day, gaining more and more resources, just like this podcast is giving you resources, you can go ahead and take these five main things to help yourself raise your self-worth and self-esteem. So again, I'm going to repeat them. Watch your words. Create a list. Change them. Make them more neutral and positive. Observing them, especially those limiting words. Number two, challenge and celebrate. Celebrate it all, no matter how big or small. Number three, practice makes perfect, uniquely perfect. So go ahead and continue to practice, no matter how uncomfortable it may feel in the beginning. Just continue to do it. Persistence is the key and stick with it. Number four, track accomplishments. And keep that list there so you can look back to it and really give yourself that pep talk That pat on the back that you truly deserve. And then number five is just simply to be kind to yourself. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed this. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening and I hope you gained some newfound insights or realizations. If you would like future alerts on new episodes, be sure to subscribe. You could also leave us feedback by commenting or simply show us support for this channel by rating us. That is how content gets seen on these platforms, by your feedback. So if you choose to do so or have done so already, we are very grateful and thank you. Until next time, have a great day.